Thanks for joining us today on the Centerpoint podcast coming from the loft on Main in Danville, Kentucky. For more information, check us out at centerpointdanville.com. Well, if I hadn't had a chance to meet you, my name is Jason. I'm the pastor here at Centerpoint, and we're glad you're here on such a special day. Uh, they're all special, in my opinion, but it's just really cool when, you, when we get to baptize some people. That's always fun. So uh, if you didn't, if you wasn't here with us uh, last week, you know, we're, we're sort of in this series called Ghost, and, and today's part two of, of, of Ghost. And if you missed part one, I, I would highly recommend you, you go to our website, which is www.centerpointdanville.com, and just, just go straight there and, and go into the link section, go to the podcast section, and sort of catch up. Because last week, what we found out over the week is, is it was really powerful. Uh, it was one of those moments that you, you sort of missed out on if you wasn't here in the loft with us this morning. Uh, and what we found out was people started texting me immediately that afternoon and said, man, I just need to talk to you. I need to confess some things. Right? And people, that was going on everywhere. And people started talking. And, and we love spiritual conversations. And so it was a hot topic this week. So if you haven't heard last week's sermon, I would, I would highly recommend go catch up. And so you at least know where we're coming from context this morning as we dive into to, to part two. But for those who, who wasn't here, let me just sort of briefly give you a little synopsis. Um, it's one of those things where uh, you sort of look around, you got, you got the Halloween theme going on, right? You got the month of October, you got fall. Uh, but this sermon series is not based around trick-or-treat themes, you know? It's, it's just not, you know? Uh, trick-or-treat, smell my feet, give me some candy to eat. You know, it's not, it's not based around those things. It's, it's, it's definitely not based on who you're going to call. Come on with me this morning. Who are you going to call? Ghostbusters. All right, you're not, not, not focused on that. Even though it's a great movie, one, two, and three, and four, I don't know about. But, you know, they're all good. Uh, it's, not in, it's not involved. In a, in a movie, you know, with Patrick Swayze or Demi Moore, that's a rated R movie. We're not about that movie, you know. Uh, and, it's, and it's definitely, you know, it, it's not about the friendliest ghost around, which is who? Casper, that's right, you're right. So, you know, it's, it's not about those things, right? It's definitely not about those things. But what is it about? What is ghost all about? It's actually about you and it's about me. It's about our lives and how we revolve around Jesus. And how we allow Jesus to be the center of our relationships and begin to allow our past, our present, and our future fears to be in his hands. So we're not holding them hostage. So they're not over us like a dark cloud and being held in bondage. And my, the truth is, this morning, I guarantee you, someone's got something, a fear that's it's been, it's, it's creeped in. It, it's allowed to trickle into the loft this morning simply because of where you're at this week. You see, the series deals with how our fears or the ghost fade away when Christ is truly at the center. And when we take courage, take courage in him. The truth is, things are better when we are standing in the light. Things are better when we are standing in the light with Jesus. There's no more places for darkness to hide. There's no more places for ghosts to walk around when light is clearly on it. And so whatever you got going on this week, whatever scary moment, fears, ghosts, nothing is to fear when Jesus is near. Nothing is to fear when Jesus is near. And so last week, we challenged you with this verse. And this verse is Matthew 14, 27. And we threw it up there for you guys to sort of understand it. And it's right here. It should be behind me. Uh, But it says, but Jesus immediately said to what? To them. And so it's, this is a Jesus talking to you. 
This is like Jesus talking to us this morning. And so it's where Jesus finds himself walking on the water after a really amazing day of feeding thousands of people with fish sandwiches and, and, and teaching on a hillside and then spending time with his father. He was trying to catch up and he decided the best way that he could do that was to walk across the water. He became a water walker at that moment and, and he really sort of freaked some people out. In the middle of the night, he finally catches up to the boat, and, he, and it says in Scripture that the disciples who knew him, who saw him, who walked with him, who loved him, they were terrified of him. In the middle of the night, it says they were terrified of Jesus, and they did not know who he was. And one of the, one of the disciples even screams out, it's a ghost. It's a ghost. You see, even the disciples, those who claimed to follow Jesus intimately, one-on-one, in, 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 in the very beginning even feared, even feared Jesus because they was afraid. They were just afraid. And my question is this morning, how many, how many would just be open and honest that we're afraid sometimes to even step into the light because we're afraid what might happen? We're afraid of taking that one little, that one little step of faith because somebody might find out of our secret sin. You see, here's Jesus and when he finally catches the boat, he basically says, hey, guys, it's, it's me. And Jesus immediately said to them, take courage. It is I. Don't be what? Afraid. You know, we camped out on this right here last week. We sort of camped out and said, this is where we're going for the next three weeks. We're going to cite this word. And there's, there's two words here that really stand out. And it's take courage. What is it? Take courage. That was weak, y'all. I'm going to be honest with you. It is take courage. Very good. It's take courage. It's a command. He's throwing it out there. He's like, listen, guys, don't be afraid. It's me. Take courage. And so we looked at this command of take courage, and, and which is our faith in Jesus. You see, we, we tend to read this stuff, and we recite it of don't be afraid. And we know that there's 365 don't be afraid in the Bible. There's one for every single day of the week, or excuse me, day of the year. Week, year, all the same. So it's one of those moments where there's 365, but there's only one take courage. Take courage. Yet we still struggle with it because it's our trust. Courage is basically trust involving in Christ. It's trust in this seat. It's like this. I mean, I literally have no game plan for plan B at this point. I have complete trust in this seat. It'd be kind of funny if it broke right now. It's exactly what Jesus was saying. Trust me. Take courage. Trust me. It's going to be okay. And then he throws that one-liner. Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid of that. Don't be afraid of this. Don't be afraid of what comes your way. I'm near. It's me. Stay with me. Take courage. You see, we struggle with this because we don't know if Jesus has our best interests all the time, do we? We struggle with it. If we're just honest for those who are Christians, and, and maybe you're not a Christ follower this week. Maybe you're not a Christ follower today, and that's completely fine. I respect that. I'm not trying to leverage everything up here. I'm just going to let the Holy Spirit do that. But what the truth is, we all have some issues with Jesus. We sort of, we don't trust him sometimes. We trust him with all this. Sometimes we trust him with a little bit of this. And for others, they're just like, you know, I don't trust you whatsoever because of this, this, and this. And I don't know where you're at. But the truth is, we all have trust issues. And right here, very clearly, the disciples did too. That's why he threw it out. Take 
courage. You see, we feel like if we obey God, we might miss, miss out on something really spectacular or something good or something better if we follow all these commands. So we hold on to the things of our past and decide it's not wise to trust God with everything. Just some things. Just a couple things. Things we want him to bless, typically, right? Our family, our kids, our financial situations. And then we just sort of tip God every once in a while. But he's the one that gave it to us in the first place. You see, we treat him like a genie in a bottle on Sundays, we don't, really take him, we don't really take courage through, through, through our week. We just live in fear and we say, do not fear. Oh, do not fear. Oh, do not fear. But did we really apply take courage? Because when we do that, it changes our perspective. It changes our relationship with Christ. It changes everything around us. And what we discovered last week was is it, 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 we can track this all the way back to Adam and Eve, all the way back to the hidden fruit. So when, when Jesus or when God clearly shows up and says, hey, listen, don't eat from this tree. Adam and Eve was like, you know, I'm curious. I don't know if I trust him. He might, he might be holding out on something from us. And then clearly throughout the Old Testament, this is all just a huge trust issue. They're just trying to trust God. And so they wander around for years. For years, and then all of a sudden we get into the middle point, the middle point of the Bible, the, the, the break from Old Testament to New Testament, and there's over 400 years of silence. And people were just wondering, lost, and not trusting anybody. And that's why you have thousands of wars. That's why you have something called the Dark Ages. And all of a sudden, Jesus shows up. Jesus shows up and does something remarkable. He tries to reestablish trust. Jesus uh, comes back and he begins to teach on what it means to trust. And then we find ourselves just solely in the middle of this passage that we're camped out today with. Jesus was teaching. Jesus was teaching in the middle of the book of, uh, in, the, in the Bible, and it's called Matthew. And Matthew is the first book of the New Testament. Matthew was a guy who was an eyewitness of Jesus' miracles and a faithful follower to the end. He was the one who trusted Jesus with everything. And Matthew records it in Matthew 19 by teaching people of what it really looks like to follow Jesus. And we get down to this one teaching passage, this, this one small teaching passage, when we start to see this thing unfold quickly. And this teaching passage has to do with, with understanding what it means to, to be a rich, young ruler. And so this morning, I don't know where you're at, and I don't know what past has creeped in. And, and you might think, I'm not rich, so this passage doesn't really matter to me. And, and, and you might come up with all kinds of excuses, and, and you might even have your bumpers up this morning already, and you're about ready just to, just to push back, and you know, this is kind of uncomfortable. I'm just asking you to do something. I'm asking you to trust Jesus this morning and just be open. Open to what this passage really is trying to say and be open enough to allow it to penetrate one object. Not your mind, because our mind just wonders sometimes. I know, if, if you know, it's my mind. I mean, I wonder all the time. My mind's like dropping it off the Empire State Building like a big bouncy ball and just going, duh, 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 and that's how my mind works sometimes. But I'm asking you to not use your mind, use your heart. It's where we carry the most pain, don't we? 
It's where we carry the most fears. So this morning, I'm asking you to take courage from here, not here. And just be open to what Jesus is teaching from. I'm asking you to exercise the heart muscle in a way that allows you to experience his word for the very first time. And you might have already heard this word before, but maybe we can go back to the, to the root the very first time and start to exercise this. And so if you got your word, Matthew 19, verse 16. Matthew 19, verse 16. If you need a Bible, in the back and grab one on the way out. If not, version. Uh, it's a great app on the phone. Olive Tree is a great app, but it'll be behind me. And it says, just then a man came up to Jesus and asked. And so here's a really important piece of the puzzle. There's a guy asking. And so my question this morning for all of us, are you asking the right questions? Are you really diving into the word and asking questions? Are you just already assumed you know everything? I figured at least I'd get an amen from a woman. I mean, you know, it just, you know, you sort of just get in that mode of you think you know everything. We just think we just sort of know. But here's a man who has everything. And he's coming to Jesus and he's asking a question. And I love how he approaches him. He doesn't say Jesus. He says teacher. And so he realizes, he recognizes this is a rabbi, a teacher of worth. He's passing out knowledge. He's doing things that's remarkable. And he sits there and he throws this out. He says, teacher, what good thing must I do to get what? What was it? Eternal life. Eternal life. I mean, most people would at least like to know if there's one, if, if it does exist, right? Does it really, really exist? Do, do you, I mean, do you got to, how, how does that work? To follow you, what does it mean to do this? Do you, does it mean I have to change everything right now? I mean, just to do, does it mean I have to do that? Does, what does it mean, Jesus? And so he basically says this. Verse 17. Why do you ask me about what is good? Jesus replied, there is only one who is good. And if you want to enter life, keep the what? The commandments. And so this guy, you know, he knows this stuff because he's grown up in this time. A lot of us might today know what? The Ten Commandments. And so we know what? Love God, love others. And so we know some things, but you know, back in the day, this is the law. This is the, a part of, of, of culture. They knew it. They were able to live in it. And all of a sudden, this guy's like, you know, hey, just keep the commandments. You know them. And so he, he sort of sarcastically, if you sort of read in between the lines, which ones, he inquired. Which ones, Jesus? Which one's the most important one? I really want to get in. I really, really, really want to be a part. So which one? One little brown nose. Which one? And Jesus replied, you know, you shall not murder. You should not commit adultery. I haven't murdered anybody, but adultery, yeah, I'm good to go. But if I'm living by your rules, I did look at her the other day. And man, I don't know, Jesus, but the law says over here, it says don't physically do it. But you said, you know, so I'm sort of stuck in between. I don't know which one's which, but I'm holding true to Moses' law. I'm holding true to this, this big commandment. I got him tattooed on my arm, by the way. I know him. I got my belt buckle. You know, it's one of those moments. Wherever you're coming from, it's, 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 it's one of you. So I haven't murdered in, in, in adultery, you know. I, I haven't done that. 
You shall now steal. Yeah, I, I, I've already asked for forgiveness. You know, I've already repented. I stole my, my kids' Legos or, or my, you know, my best friend's money. Or I stole that, that donkey over there because I needed to, pl- you know, I, I did something, but I, I returned it with, with blessings. You should not give false testimony, meaning you shouldn't be lying and, 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 and just going around and, and sharing that there's other gods. Yeah, I don't do that. I definitely don't do that. I, I, I do believe in God. Honor your father and mother. Yeah, I put them up, you know, in a retirement home. They're good to go. So, I mean, what else you got? I mean, I'm good. I've got all these things. Love your neighbor as yourself. Yeah, I don't, I, Jesus, man, that's a tough one. I, do you know my next door neighbor? I mean, seriously? Okay, uh, yeah, I'm going to do my best. I've got this one under control. I think I'm doing a good job. I'll take him some Halloween cookies and, you know, we're good. All right? I'll invite him over to our party even though I don't like him. So he replies in verse 20. All these I have kept, the young man said. What do I still lack? What do I still lack? I love what Jesus says. Jesus answers, if you want to be perfect, now then, is that a trick question? I mean, because we already know who what. There's only one that's perfect. And his name was. If you want to be perfect, go, comma. I mean, you can almost like hear him like leaning in, leaning in, leaning in, leaning in. He's like, yeah, I, I do want this. I do. I desperately want. Go sell your possessions and give to the poor and you will have treasure in heaven. And then what? Come follow me. And you can almost see the person. I mean, he's like leaning in. He's like, yeah, I got this. I got this. I got this. You do what? Sell every, what? But Jesus, do you, you realize I got some Bentleys and, you know, I got a four-car camel garage and, 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 and there's a hot tub. And, and Jesus, come on, seriously? I mean, my fridge is full of steaks. I mean, how does that happen? And, and my 401k, it's kind of nice right now. It's, it's a nice nest egg. Um, verse 22, when the young man had heard this, I think it's wise to understand, it says it's a young man. It doesn't say it's an old man. So this is a young person who's developed wealth very quickly. It doesn't show how, maybe he inherited it, I don't know. It doesn't show how he did this. Maybe he, he was the newest GoPro inventor, I don't know. Maybe he's the next billionaire, I do not know, but it just says he's a young man, had heard this. He says he went away what? Sad. He went away sad because he had what? Great wealth. And we can stop right there and you're like, well, yeah, I ain't got that problem. <laughs> you see my checking account. You know? But let me just push back on you this morning. Let me put some tension in your life. If you're sitting in this room, did you realize you're in the top 10% of the world in wealth? And if you're making over $40,000 per year, you're in the top 5%. Some of you are shocked because I didn't see anybody go, praise the Lord, we're rich, honey. I didn't see anybody do that one. So, I mean, something's wrong. You didn't realize you're wealthy because we don't live that way, do we? We're just sort of living the moment, swipe them away. We feel like we're poor all the time. Even the people who have money are always looking to the next step, trying to gain what? What's next? But this guy, you see, this guy hadn't figured it out yet. He hadn't figured out that he was so stinking wealthy. 
not with just physical attributes, but just life in general. And that's what Jesus is getting at. And Jesus said to his disciples in verse uh, 23 here, Verse 23 says, then Jesus said to his disciples, truly I tell you, it is hard. It is hard. It's difficult. It's challenging for someone who is rich to enter the kingdom of heaven. And again, I tell you, it is easier. Now, this is when Jesus comes up all these little analogies and, you know, parables and everything else. And sometimes I just wonder what he had been, you know, thinking about that day. I don't know. But here it is. It's easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for someone who's rich to enter the kingdom of God. I mean, you can almost see Matthew writing this down. Cam, what? That's impossible. Jesus, that doesn't even make any sense. He's like, yeah, you're right. You're exactly right, Matthew. When the disciples had heard this, they were greatly astonished and asked, then who in the world can be saved? Who can enter? Who can gain eternal life? Who can follow you then, Jesus? Jesus looked at him and said, (laughs) with man, this is impossible. But with God, oh yeah. All things Not just some things, not just this thing, all things. Say it with me, all things. So whatever you got coming up here this morning, and you think, you know, I can't handle it. You know, I I got that situation, I got whatever, I got that little small fear, I got that ghost, I got that challenging moment. Whatever it is, is keeping you from saying, you know, I, 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 I trust you, Jesus, but I really don't. That's right, you can't do this. You can't get this relationship right. There's no way you can get this relationship right holding on to whatever it is. But he can. You can't do it, but he can. All things are possible through God. And see, for those of you today who are fighting to take a breath and failing, For those of you who think you can do this on your own but keep on coming up short. For those of you this morning who believe if we just make it to next year, the next level of income, our next tax return, the next social level, I can tell you what's going to happen. I'm not a future reader, but I'm just, by reading this, you're going to fail. Because you're looking at it from a wealth standpoint. You're looking at it from something that I can acquire. And there's going to be ghosts that haunt you for the rest of your life. Because you're going to play this simple game of what if. You see, we may find temporary success or value in something to give us an early pleasure. But I've never met a person in the end that had a relationship with Jesus that was still looking or holding out for what's next. They're just simply trusting Jesus. And I know some of you have seen medical things and you've watched, you know, uh, ER, you watched whatever, that Grey's Anatomy. You've, you've seen some videos. I know you have. And, and, you know, at the very end of a person's life, and you know you've been called in, you, you, you see that person laying on the table and you sit there and recognize it, and all of a sudden, you, you never see that person going, hey, bring me my 401K. Hey, bring me all my wealth. There's some Fruit Loops out there that ask for that stuff. But most people, what are they asking for? Hey, bring me the pastor. Bring me the preacher. I just want to talk to God. I want my family to be around me. I want to talk to God. I just want to trust God with this moment, right? Let's pray. And see, they recognize at the end of their life, 
It's more about this than this. It's more about getting this right than all this. It's more important to trust this than worry about all of our fears here. No matter what you did in the past, it's more important to worry about keeping him first to the very end. You see, when Christ floods in, he illuminates a new path, a new way. The old is gone and the new is here. He sets a new standard and allows us to understand that everything is truly possible with him. At the center point of trusting our lives over to his will. And listen up, I don't, I don't want you here today to walk away sad because you did not hear or you chose to reject what is laying here at the table this morning. If you find yourself asking this question, maybe this series today is all for you. What do I still lack? This is a rich man who thought he had everything. He's asking a simple question. What do I still lack? How come I can't have that type of relationship with Jesus? See, some of you think you have a relationship, and some of you think you grew up in church, and some of you have been around this environment. It's a culture thing versus a relationship thing. And I'm telling you, it's a difference. When you get to heaven, Jesus is going to clearly say, you knew it, but you didn't act on it. You praised me with your lips, but you didn't do it here. It was more head knowledge than heart knowledge. He's going to say, man, I love you. I'm sorry, but you're going to have to exit. What do you still lack? You see, this will haunt you for the rest of your life if you can't get it right. There will never be enough zeros in the bank accounts. You'll never have a house big enough. You'll never have enough Facebook followers. You will always be haunted. You will always be haunted by the big what in, in your life, the big what ifs. And you will walk in fear of failure because you could never get over control to God. Because you're always worrying about your wealth. Because you can't really open your hand and trust it to somebody else. You've decided to live closed-handed, cross-bumpers, and decided to live this way because you never did take courage. Now, you applied do not fear. But you did not apply, take courage. You see, with man, trusting you, trusting me, it's impossible. But with God, all things are possible. And so this, today, I, I just think it would be awesome to try to think about what it looks like to say, impossible. What it really looks like to, 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 to go down the road of, of him possible. And for us this morning, the only way to live is is him possible. And I want you to be overwhelmed by this statement. I want you to really just to understand, hashtag him possible. You see, the bottom line is, is what it takes to grow as a Christian may seem impossible, but Jesus can do anything. What it takes to grow and trust him like this may seem impossible. But I'm telling you right now, Jesus... He can alleviate the stress in your marriage. He can alleviate the past ghost that's coming up and sneaking behind you. He can alleviate all the pressure from all those tests, exams, or whatever else because you're trusting it over to him. And he is possible in your life if you decide to open up this way and this way and let him flood in.
I see a lot of us fear one thing. I'm not good enough. And here it is. This is how we're going to end. We've got some cool things about to happen. I think for a lot of us, we sit here and we say, you know what? I like my life. I like where I'm at. I like the goodies that I got. I like everything about it. I don't know if I can give it up. Matter of fact, I'm afraid to turn it over to God because what if I lose everything? Do you know the most humble position that I've ever found on the face of this earth was two. A king-sized bed in a manger form. And the other one was in the submission form. Like this. Completely surrendering everything over because he loved me. And it's kind of hard to know and to understand that a God loved me. A God loved me enough to say, you know what? I'm sending my son. You're never really going to meet him face to face here on earth as in human form. But you're going to hear stories about it. And they're possible. Because it's impossible through Jesus. And I'm sending him to set the record straight. Jesus, or Jason, I know that you, you've done X, Y, and Z. I know where you've sinned. I know where you've messed up. And, and some days that your light might not be shining. And you might not want it to shine at all. But I'm telling you, just surrender your life over to me and stop trusting in what you can do and start trusting in what I can do. Take courage because it's impossible. And when I figured that out, my light started to shine. And you'll see some light bulbs on the outside. And for us, up here in the loft, about 40 light bulbs that have been lit up out there in that lobby. And that represents one light. And it's twinkles. And come on fully trusting Jesus Christ with him possible. And so today, I don't know what's coming your way. I don't know what the situation is. But it's the same God who sent his son into this world who just said, you know, he just wants to love you and the only thing you have to do is accept him or trust him or take courage. And he just wants to overwhelm us, overwhelm you and me with all this love because you won't know what to do with it. It's going to change you so much, you're just going to be I want to take that next step. That next step for some of you is this. Or maybe it's confession. Or maybe it's going to your wife or your husband or, or, or your kids and saying, I'm sorry, I've sinned against you. Maybe it's going to your enemy and learning what it really means to love thy neighbor. Maybe it's time to stop focusing on so much wealth. Because you're just going to, it's sad. And start looking the one who makes everything, who makes wealth possible. I want you to experience the fullness of him possible this morning. Because when this moment happens, you don't have to walk away in fear ever again. Because you know you've changed what you care about. When that happens, it begins a movement towards Jesus is what he wanted from the very first place. He said, it's finished. It's finished today, it's finished tomorrow, it's finished forever. And he wants you to be overwhelmed by his presence, by trusting in him with his presence, with your presence.
it matches, oh, it's impossible. It's a beautiful thing. So let me pray. And we're going to see God do something pretty cool. Jesus, I just thank you for today and him possible. I thank you for what you're doing here in the hearts of some this morning with, with just the act of obedience of believers' baptism. I thank you for just the opportunity to witness this. And I just pray as we see and what we're getting ready to experience that you overwhelm us. Overwhelm us with your love and overwhelm us with your presence. And may we feel your presence in a way that allows us never to walk in fear again. Allows us to take courage and step into the light. God, that's my prayer this morning. In your name, amen.